Welcome to the United Cast, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for Man United. I'm your host Matthew and today I'm talking about <laughs> about Man United's 4-0 defeat away to Brentford. I'm not making that up, uh, you can look it up on Google if you want to. Um... <laughs> oh my god. Um... Right. Just in, just in terms of the podcast format today, not doing player ratings, not picking a man in the match because I, I don't even know what I would do for player ratings and man in the match. There wasn't a man in the match apart from maybe a Brentford player. Um, Man United need to be sold. Um, too many of these players still need to go. Um, there's going to be a lot of sighing. I, I, I do apologise for that. It's just kind of naturally happening. I'm not even deliberately sighing. It's just sort of happening. So you're going to have to uh, forgive me for that today. But I'm sure a lot of you are sighing as well. Unless you're Liverpool fans or rival fans, then you're probably laughing. And if you're laughing at May United and you're a rival fan, it's up to you. There's, there's, there's no reason that you can't do that. You know, when Liverpool lose games, when City lose games, when Arsenal lose games... I laugh. I laughed last week when Liverpool drew to Fulham. I'm not laughing anymore. So, yeah, if you're a rival fan and you're laughing, cool. It's, it's no no problem. No problem at all. Um, Gosh, where do I start? Where, where do you start with a mess like this? Sometimes when I'm watching these games and you're just getting goal after goal after goal like this and you're trying to look you're really trying to look at because fundamentally when man united let in a goal right at any point i as a fan look and think okay who lost the ball and when the passes led up to the goal who wasn't tackling who who's out of position who didn't block the shot you look at the fundamental basics of like, okay, because I don't care what anyone says, every single goal in football is preventable. Um, you have enough players and, you know, you have the same players as the opposition, but you can tackle, you can cut off passing lanes, you can block shots, you can save shots, you can position yourself better. There's lots of ways that you can prevent a goal, even like goals that are screamers from 40 yards that nobody can block. The goalkeeper can still save them, you know. Um, things can still happen, but it it got to the point because I, I mean, I won't really. Re- I'll sort of roughly recap the goals. I mean, like, it gets to a point where you have a game like this, and you think, okay, I'm still going to do the podcast. I'm still going to say things, but how deeply do you bother to kind of analyze it? You know, because it just becomes a mess at a certain point. Um, I'm worried for Ten Hag because we've scored one goal, um, which was a scrappy goal from a corner, and we've and we've let in six. So our goal difference is minus five. I believe we're bottom of the league. Let me just actually check that myself because I don't know. Uh, yeah, we are. Uh, zero points, 20th, um, minus five goal difference. Obviously, not everybody's played. It's two games in, so, you know, the numbers aren't going to be a proper reflection 
of everything. But it's, I mean, like, there's been some chatter today about like, should we do riots? Should we protest? How do we get these owners out? What do we What do we do? Um, there's a, there's a lot of. I mean, there is one simple answer, which is for the Glazers to sell the club. But that is a whole different ballgame, a whole different topic of things that I don't even know about. Like shares, and prices, and what the Glazers are thinking, who would buy the football club. It's not just as simple as the club needs to be sold. There's, there's, you know, that can't just happen tomorrow. You know, somebody needs to buy the club, they need to negotiate, the Glazers need to agree to it. There's different shares, different people involved. Um, there's more than one of the Glazer family, I think there's three of them or something, Avram, Joel, and someone else. Um, so it's not just that simple, but that is ultimately what kind of needs to happen. I still do maintain the opinion though that, okay, the Glazers, huge, huge problem, they're probably the biggest problem, right? Because, not just because of this season, but they've strangled this football club for over 10 years. But let's say, for example, uh, Christian Eriksen. Just just to name a random player. The Glazers can't tell Christian Eriksen. Just for example, I'm not picking on Eriksen. I'm just naming a player. The Glazers don't tell Christian Eriksen when to move, when to pass, when to shoot, when to do this, when to do that. Same with Maguire. Same with Delow. Same with Ronaldo. Same with De Gea. It's up to those players individually on the pitch. As to, okay, do I pass? Do I shoot? Do I run? Do I move? What what do I do when I get the ball? And when I don't have the ball, do I close down? Do I mark uh, for cutting off passing lanes? Do I mark another player? You know, there's lots of different options. The Glazers aren't in control of that. You know, the Glazers aren't the ones kicking the football. And so there's those those, those different elements. Because some of these players, yes, absolutely to blame. Ten Hag, couple of question marks popping up. I think in terms of because you've got those different areas, right? As to like, okay, who do you criticize? As, who do you criticize, and for what? Glazers have been here the longest, right? Glazers have been here, I think, the seventeen years now. Big, big problem. They need to go, right? Manager, he's been here for like a couple of months, right? Hasn't got all of his transfer targets. Hasn't got all the players that he wants to 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 use for his options, right? And when you as a manager have your own individual idea about okay this is how I want to play and these players can do it these players can't he's still got to figure all of that out because he's just got in here he's probably getting a better idea of that now but for those saying like oh you know get rid of Ten Hag he's been in charge for two games I would say that about any manager he's been in charge for two Premier League games so far and he doesn't have the team that he needs and I'll tell you something Give this team to Antonio Conte. Give this team to Pep Guardiola. Give this team to... Um, I can never remember the Real Madrid's manager's name. Uh, Carlo Ancelotti. Give it. Give the team to him. Give the team to Jurgen Klopp. Give the team to Thomas Tuchel. Give the team to this Brentford manager. They're not going to get anything out of them. N- none of them are going to get anything out of them. Um, we got very lucky in 2013 when we won our last league title with Alex Ferguson. You look back at that team and the way it was ageing and not developing... Alex Ferguson got out when he could, um, and he'd been here long enough, he'd given us enough of his life, you know, like 25 plus, I think it was 27 years in the end, Alex Ferguson had done his bit, 
But that team wasn't going to le- win the league in 2014 or 15 or 16. So, like, Peck put, like, I'm not doubting Sir Alex Ferguson's ability, of course, but put him in charge of this team. What would he be able to do with this team? Because you've still got players sticking around, like Harry Maguire, Scott McTominay, Fred. Um, I would put Luke Shaw on that list now. I saw... I saw something from Luke Shaw, just to get into a bit more actual player analysis, and for today's game, I saw something from Luke Shaw today, and he made a pretty big mistake for the fourth goal, I think it was, the one that when they hit us on the counter-attack. I I would add Luke Shaw to that list. Now, I remember a few months ago, I think I did this in the summer, or or at some point in the last couple of months ago, I, I, I did this episode, and it was called The United Cast, Who Should Stay and Who Should Go?, and there was two players that I put on that list to keep, which was Rashford and Shaw. I don't know what you do with Rashford. He is very out of sorts right now. But there's a player in there. I still believe that. But one of the things I said at the time, and again, this goes back to today's game, is um, I think it was last season or maybe the season before. Maybe it was a portion of last season. I can't quite remember. I can't remember when exactly it was. But there was a period, there was a large period of time of maybe a few months to half a year maybe where Luke Shaw and Marcus Rashford were playing down the left hand side together their overlap was really good it was really effective and what I did with that who should stay who should go episode I pointed the two of them out and I said okay they haven't done that in a while obviously we had Sancho on the left for a bit and Tellez has played there for a bit and we were kind of doing a bit of mixing and matching in terms of the wide players which didn't help the overlap from the two of them seems to have gone a little bit. Um, I think it's time for Malaysia to step up. But there's something I just noticed in this game. It's something sort of cl- something sort of clicked in my mind for this game. And Luke Shaw made a mistake for the goal, and just the way he was performing, and he doesn't look like as fast as he kind of used to. I thought to myself, okay, this is this is the game. This is the game for me where it's clicked in my head. That I think Luke Shaw needs to be added to that list. I don't think he's as bad as Maguire, McTominay and Fred. And I'd still put Lindelof in that conversation. Even though Lindelof didn't play. It's fine. But I think I'd add Luke Shaw to the to sell list. I think it's just... Sometimes when you... Because Luke Shaw's been here I think nine seasons. He's been here a long time. And he's shown some form. He's shown some, some good things over the years. But when a player's been here nine years and you haven't quite managed to get out of them what you want them to. And to me, Luke Shaw, I think, is a bit on the decline. And maybe that was the case a while ago and I just didn't notice. It just didn't click in my brain. But this game, it did. This game, it did. And I like Luke Shaw. I think he's alright. I'm looking at Luke Shaw now after this game and thinking nine years or however long it's been. I think it's been nine years. We haven't really gotten out of you what we've wanted to get out of you. And I think it's just time to move on. I'm not as hostile towards him as I am towards the likes of Fred McTominay and Maguire. Um, But it's just... You know when you look at a player for a team and you think... Okay, you're not like awful. It could get to a stage where Luke, Luke Shaw gets worse. But you know when you look at a player in this team and you think... It's just time to move on from you. Um, that's what popped into my head for, for for today. And granted, with this game, we were extremely disjointed. No confidence, no focus, no structure. There was there was nothing sort of going on. And I watched us in this game when we tried to score a goal. 
these players they look confused they look really really nervous really really nervous um yeah they look very very nervous and almost all of them even players i like a bit more cuz I'm capable of saying to players that I, that I like that, like, you didn't have a good game. I like you as a player, but you didn't have a good game. I'm capable of doing that. Ericsson's a player I like, didn't have a good game today. But n- nobody did. This is one of them games that sort of crashes after a bit of time. I mean, we were 2-0 down after, let me check the score here, 18 minutes. 2-0 down after 18 minutes. That's an average of more than a goal every 10 minutes. Once that second goal and the third goal were on the 30 minute mark, it says Ben Me, um, 30 minutes, 3 0. The game had gone at that point. And I always say, you know, there's always time in football to get goals back. And sure, when, you, when you're 3 0 down at half an hour, gone, you do mathematically have time to get four goals and win the game 4 3. But you have to look at performances like this at a point and think. Because from that point, it's not about, like, can we get back into it? Like, the game's gone. You can see the team is just not not switched on, not clicked. It's like, it's like the, I, I, I don't know. They're just not, they're not together in this game, right? And what you start analysing then is, okay, the game's crashed. It's gone. Uh, it's a bit like a game when you're playing and you get, you know, the game freezes. You get an error message. And it's like, hey, your game crashed, report, you know, report, um, what's it called? Uh, report system error, whatever it is. Your game crashes, right? Whether it's on Xbox, PC, PS5, whatever, right? Your game free, you're in the middle of a game, you're, you're, you're losing, you're getting, either, maybe the boss is killing you or whatever, you're, you're, you're low on health. The game crashes, you get that error message, and it's like the game's crashed. The game has been closed, it's quit, right? Um... That that was what had happened by about because maybe it happened before, but but by the time the third goal went in, I think it was it was pretty much over. Just from a sort of like again, you have the time to get four goals and win the game four three, but you don't have the like the heads had gone at that point, right? Um, but then it's a case of looking at the team and thinking, okay, this game has gone. The players know this game has gone. There's a lot of time left. What is the response going to be? That's what you start looking at. And the response was to, well, go 4-0 down five minutes later. So to crash sort of even more. Um, I want to emphasise a, a very, very simple point. And I do, I, I do mention this a lot of times on different episodes. Um, there's two things that we're still not doing enough. And I don't, I don't know if this is a team selection, a Ten Hag thing training mentality it's what it's one of those bunch of things right we are not moving the ball quick enough we are not doing enough pass and move and there is not enough what i would call supportive runs what i mean by supportive runs because there's a bit of a difference between pass and move and supportive runs right what i mean by supportive runs is let's i'll give you an example let's say somebody passes the ball like usually this happens in the wider areas of the pitch but not not exclusively but i'll give you an example and this this isn't this isn't an example from the game. It's just a random hypothetical example. Let's say somebody passes the ball out to the right hand side to Sancho, right? And let's say because usually if you play the ball out wide to what to either your fullback or your winger, 
they're supposed to support each other. That's what the overlap, what, what I brought up earlier with Luke Shaw and Marcus Rashford was their overlap relationship. They had a very good one. They were a good communication. Um, and it was sort of like, hey, you're moving to space. I'll pass the ball to you. I'll run past you, overlapping. I'll pass the ball back to you. And you pass the move and you keep it clicking. You keep it going. But you do it at such a speed. Not like a rapid speed, but not a slow speed. You do it at a speed where you don't give the t- opposition time to... They'll notice, but you don't give them time to think about like how to stop it. You just get on with it and you do it. You communicate it. And you just get on with it, right? So, again, let me go back to my example. Let's say we pass the ball out wide to Sancho, right? And Sancho has got... I'll use Brentford as an example. Let's say he's got two Brentford players on him. Let's say one of the midfielders starts to come over. And it would be their left back, probably, right? Their left back comes over. So two players are closing in on Sancho. One of them might stand off a bit. And one of them might sort of like try to mark him really closely. Try to close him down. Uh, to not let him pass, not let him shoot, not let him run off with the ball. Because that's how you get the ball off of him. Is you stop him from doing things. Right? Let's say the low is even not close to him or hasn't caught up or something like that. Right? And then let's just pick out... Um, not not in a way to sort of bang on about these players. But let's say McTominay and Fred. Let's just say that they are playing as the two centre midfielders. Um, and this isn't me using those players as an example because they're bad. I'm just picking two midfielders. Let's say you've got McTominay, Fred and Bruno as your midfield three. Just an example, right? Let's say they're too static and they're not moving towards Sancho. Let's say you've also got Ronaldo up front who would be next to Sancho. If Sancho starts... And Sancho, great player, like, you know, great close control and a bit of speed, all that, all that kind of stuff. I'm not doubting Sancho's ability. But just because pe- people don't really understand, football is about a game about space as well. How much space do you have? Well, when a player's got the ball, how much space do you have to do things? To pass the ball, to move, where where can you go? What can you do next, right? And let's say these two players that I've mentioned start to get closer and closer and closer to Sancho. He slows down, he stops, he realises he's getting closed down. And then he looks for a pass, right? Maybe he's thinking... Um, okay, I'm not going to try and run forward, run into this player because I might lose the ball and Brentford will start, part, I'll lose the ball, right? So this is where you introduce pass and move and you also introduce uh, supportive runs because that can kind of be a combined thing as well. If nobody, if no Man United player is making a move towards Sancho, Sancho's going to have to make a longer pass and given that you've got two players that are trying to close him down, his chances of pulling off that pass become less and less. Now, he could just whip the ball into the box, maybe Ronaldo gets ahead on it, and maybe a score. That could happen. But let's say Bruno or whoever doesn't move towards him, Sancho's chances of losing the ball go up and up and up because he's getting less space, he's got no one to pass to, and he's getting less space to do things. He could knock the player, he could knock the ball past the player and run onto it and move forward. But what you'd prefer to do in that situation, when you've got a bit of congested play, is Sancho to pass the ball to, let's say, Bruno Fernandes, right? Let's say Ronaldo's made a run into the box. He sees he sees Sancho's got the ball and he thinks, okay, I'm going to try and you know signal, signal to him that I'm going to run into the box to get him to cross it in so I can, you know, receive the ball in the box and score a goal, which is what Ronaldo's in the team to do. What you then need to happen is somebody to make a run towards Sancho. So let's say Bruno Fernandes, right? Then what you can do... Bruno makes a run, a supportive run, remember supportive runs, 
Bruno can make a supportive run towards Sancho. Sancho can then pass to Bruno. What can Sancho then do? He can then move into different space. So supportive run, right? Sancho then passes the ball to Bruno. Again, hypothetical in terms of naming players. And Sancho can then either make a run backwards, forwards, left, right, diagonal. He can run maybe into space. Or, or, and we're not doing anything close to this, he can do a dummy run. Now, dummy run's pretty self-explanatory. What you would do then is Sancho makes a run forward. A Brighton player's going to go, oh shit, he's made a run. He's going to run after him. You've made a bit of space there. You could then have, let's say again, Fred McTominay. One of those players runs into that space that's just been created. Or space somewhere else that's maybe been created. Receive the ball and you keep doing that and you pass it and you move it and you do supportive runs. Right? We're not we're not doing any, anything like that. Um, what I saw again going back to going back to today's game, um, and it's a very very simple thing. Um, you saw I saw Brentford doing that a bunch today, um, and you do occasionally need need to do the odd pointing of like, hey, you run in, you know, you should run into that space. I've I've seen some space. You should run into it, and then I'll pass it into you. It's a basic fundamental thing of football. But what's starting what's starting to sort of happen to this team is because we've been so bad for so long. Uh, forget Ten Hag for a minute, right? Forget whoever the managers and the coaches are. It's a mentality thing as well. The, the, this, this team's mentality, you, you saw it today, right? How low on confidence and scared this team is. This team is very, very scared, very, very nervous right now. And there's a lot of sort of hot potato stuff going on. And it's happening, it's starting to happen to more and more of the team. Christian Eriksen, right? Example from today. He's a very intelligent footballer. Even he, when he was getting the ball, he was like, I, I don't know who to pass to. I, I don't know what the idea is. I, I don't know who to pass to. You saw it with the, um, I think it was with the second goal. I don't know what that was, by the way, the, the, the second goal. Um, I, I have no idea what the, what, what the what the plan was from that. And maybe there wasn't a plan. Maybe it's so just disjointed that there wasn't a plan. But you saw, if you look at Christian Eriksen, what he does when he gets that ball... David De Gea makes kind of a hospital pass, and we'll talk about De Gea in a second. He makes sort of a hospital pass to Eriksen. You see immediately, Eriksen gets the ball, there's a player on him. Where's the support? If you look at where Martinez and Maguire are, they, I don't, again, I have no idea why this happened. <clears throat> Martinez and Maguire are on the edge, the out, the left and right edges of our box. Why are they standing there? Why are that? Why are they so? Why? Because essentially, what you've done there, and again, I don't know why this happened or, or, or what was going on with that second goal. I was so confused with that second goal. De Gea, for some reason, it, it's a calamity full of mistakes. De Gea, for some reason, um, passes the ball to Eriksen. They immediately close him down. Again, Brentford are gaining in confidence throughout this game. You saw it. That they're, they're like, oh, we can do something here, right? Give the ball to Eriksen. Eriksen takes a quick look around him. And he sees. Probably sees. Okay. Martinez and Maguire. Both like. Nowhere near me. Right. I don't know what they were doing. Standing where they were standing. Right. The, the left and right edges of the penalty box. Penalty area. I have no idea why you'd put your centre backs there. Or why they'd be standing there. That's a terrible. Terrible idea. Eriksen gets closed down by two players I think. One of them tackles him. But there's another player there. And of course, you get the ball that close to the goal, you're not really going to miss in that situation, so they score the goal. Um, also, it seems like Ericsson was playing as a CDM. Was that something that 
Tenag did with him at Ajax? Because that's not what I associate Ericsson with um, being a being a CDM. But again, we haven't got one because we haven't bought one. So, I mean, you can't play Fred there because the same thing would have, would have happened with Fred. The same thing would have happened with Bruno as well. Because um, what needs to happen there, right? If you want to play the ball out from the back to Ericsson, okay, you can do that. What then needed to happen from that moment was Ericsson to see either Martinez or Maguire closer to him, right? Bring them in, pass the ball to one of them, and then you can maybe pass it to Deloitte. You've got to pass it around the sides in that situation. Pass it around the sides. So let's say you pass it to Maguire. He then passes it to Deloitte, and you can start moving forward a bit. But... The problem is, by the time Eriksen gets the ball, the, the two centre-backs are nowhere near Eriksen. He gets pressured. He can't do anything, right? He gets pressured so quickly, he can't pass to anybody. Um, he loses the ball, and the centre-backs are not... That, n- nobody's there to recover that ball. So, if literally any team did that, the, do, I, I think the same thing would probably happen. So, yeah. Um, just to speak about De Gea as well. Because uh, obviously I mentioned him there. Um, look, I really, really like David De Gea. I think he's been an excellent goalkeeper for us. The first goal that they score, it's a howler. An absolute howler of a mistake from David De Gea. Um, it's a terrible, terrible mistake from him. It's the, the, the Silva who scored the goal. Gets a shot on the edge of the box. Again, it could have been blocked. He could have been tackled. He could have been closed down. You've got that incident before. I think Martinez was near him. He doesn't manage to do it. Um, but the ball goes through De Gea's hands and it goes underneath him. Yeah, no, no goalkeeper in the Premier League should be doing that. Um, that's See, that goal is on De Gea. Don't get me wrong. He makes a massive, massive mistake. But... Why aren't we tackling the player? Why aren't we closing him down? Where is the defensive line? Where's the midfield? They're not there. They're not there. Uh, that the silver guy gets the ball. No one contests him for it. Um, I mean, Martinez stands off to try and get a block. Doesn't do it. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's a it's a really really bad bad mistake from De Gea. Um. I can't, you know, just because I like him as a player. Again, I'm I'm capable of criticizing players that I like. I'm doing it right now with De Gea. I like him. I think De Gea saved us a lot of times last season with his shot stopping. Because uh, again, our defenders can't close the ball down, and that was before we brought Martinez, um, and we were still playing a lot of Maguire and Lindelof. Um, yeah, that's that's a shot that you'd expect him to stop. So he 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 didn't. Uh, does he need to be sold? I mean, some people would argue that he does. His distribution is in is in question, but see, that's the thing. If you're to say about like, oh, we need to get rid of Ten Hag, oh, we need to get rid of De Gea. Well, first of all, right, if you want to get rid of Ten Hag already, which I think is ridiculous, who comes in? Who comes in? Who's available? Nobody's available. Uh, Conte settled in at Spurs. Zidane, we sort of tried to approach him. He didn't want to come. Pochettino's a bad idea. Sir Alex Ferguson's retired. Leave him alone. I, I I don't know who else there is. And I said months ago when we got Ten Hag that I was happy. But Ten Hag doesn't have the team that he needs to do what he needs to do. So, 
And it's way too early to say he needs to be sacked. It's far too early to say that. So, anyway. Um, I did kind of, I guess, an, an analysis of the first two goals. Um, what was the third one? I can't remember the third one quite, but the fourth one, the fourth one's a bit more on Luke Shaw. He doesn't track down, um, M, Bemu, Bemu, I think that's how you say his name, uh, assisted by Tony. Uh, yeah, Shaw doesn't catch up with that striker, that player, um, and he should have, and they, they caught us out on the break again. They won the ball in their box. They passed it all the way through our team. There's several probably opportunities to stop that. It's not all on Luke Shaw because we should have stopped the ball getting to the player that gets it before Luke Shaw tries to stop it. There's several opportunities to stop the Brighton team with the ball, but we didn't do it. For some reason, I can't remember the third goal, but anyway, I'm just going to move on. I guess I'm into the summary now, which I'm just going to keep doing. Uh, then we get onto some substitutions. So 4-0 down, team's broken, team's just out of it by by half-time. Uh, substitutions on the 46th minute. Fred, uh, sorry, uh, McTominay on for Fred, Malasia on for Shaw, Varane on for Martinez, and Alang on for Sancho. Right, let me touch upon one there, which is Varane on for Martinez. When it comes to two very specific players, Maguire and McTominay, there is something else going on with those players. There is something going on with those players. You look at those substitutions, right? Why is McTominay being brought on? For, I, I agree with kind of taking Fred off, but why aren't you bringing on somebody like Garner? Why has it got to be McTominay? And you're bringing on Varane, I agree, but why aren't you taking off Maguire? Maguire survives. Martinez, your brand new signing, gets taken off. But Maguire had a terrible game. And why are you bringing on McTominay? There is there is, there is, is something at a deeper level. Because you'd be surprised about the stuff you hear in football. Like, this isn't me just doing some conspiracy theory stuff. Those two players, especially more so with Maguire, there is something going on with those players. Because... Like, I mean, to me with Ole, obviously, uh, Maguire was an Ole signing, right? His That was like his big signing, his captain, right? Go through all that, obviously, Ole made lo- lo- loads of mistakes, he got sacked. It, it is what it is, right? We've, we've moved past all that. But three players he cons- two, two players that he consistently c- picked was McTominay and Maguire. It was his fault, he should have dropped them. But then something deeper started happening. Ralph Ragnick came in. Obviously he had the little spell with Carrick. But that was only a couple of games. Ralph Ragnick came in. And it was Maguire, McTominay, Maguire, McTominay, Maguire, McTominay. Week after week after week after week. Van der Beek went on loan. Uh, it was Varane and Maguire. Um, at times Varane and Lindelof had done alright. And it was McTominay and Fred every single week. Maguire and Lindelof every single week. Go over to Ten Hag. Uh, okay, doesn't start Maguire at uh, McTominay. Maguire still starts after a terrible game. Fred still starts after a terrible game. Um, Lindelof obviously injured in this occasion. McTominay brought on for Fred. I, there, there's, there's something else going on with those two players, specifically with McTominay and Maguire. More so with Maguire. Um, I think 
he is being. I think Eric Ten Hag is being told to play those two players, and I think this. I'm not making an exception there for Ten Hag, because I think the same thing happened with Ralph. Mag- uh, Ole seemed to prefer those players. Um, maybe there was a bit of that going on with Ole, but o- Ole seemed to like the, the way that Ole played football. Seemed to be more sort of like stick to this, stick to the you know Mc- Mc- McFred. Um, Maguire Lindelof thing that seemed to be an Ole thing, but maybe what I have just said also applies to Ole. But I'm not completely sure about that. But it can't be just a random coincidence that we go from Ole to Ralph to Ten Hag, and they've all got a similar negative problem, which is they keep picking those two players, Maguire and McTominay. There's something else going on there at a deeper club level. Because even though even though you can simply Google Man United wages and then you can look up what these players are earning, I don't know what's in Maguire's contract. I don't know what's in McTominay's contract. You'd be surprised the stuff that you hear that's in football players' contracts. Um, like they have to pick be they have to be picked for a certain amount of games or other things like that. I also think from a club image standpoint, with Maguire, eighty million pounds. Assigned as the club captain, English. Now, if you know in for those of you who don't live in the UK, if you don't know what English media and English press are like, no matter what happens, they will try to find some positive way to talk about English players all the time. It happens with the English England team, not the women's team, because obviously they actually won something, but the uh, England men's team um, and British players in general. There's a different skew. On how British players are talked about in the English media, in the English press, in the English media, not just at club level, but like different, you know, sport talking analysts. The way that though, the way that English players are talked about, a lot of them are overhyped. I mean, why do you think? Why do you think that Man City paid a hundred million for Drake Grealish? It wasn't just because he's English. It's because he's like you know. He's the one that's talked up. He's the is the Aston Villa boy and all this kind of stuff, and he's English as well. And Maguire is also English, and he's a club captain. Does he captain England? I can't remember. I don't really think about England's men's football team at the moment. But he costs a lot of money, a lot of money, eighty million pound for an asset like that. You basically can't drop him because what will happen if Ten Hag decides to start dropping him? Is it will be oh you know the big asset the cap the club captain eighty million pounds why is he dropping him and there'll be discussions about that and what will also happen is if Ten Hag either could or was able to I don't know which way around you'd put that drop Maguire and we started losing games then it would be oh you start you lost games because you you didn't include your club club captain and Maguire's great and all it, it, that's what it would be that's what it would be so. And McTominay is a different ball game. McTominay is always, you know, homegrown academy, British, obviously Scottish, but, you know, still British. British homegrown academy talent, midfield. Passion, desire, he gets stuck in. And, again, the British media and, you know, the club with Man United, they love that stuff. They love that stuff. Um, So, again, you can't really drop him, unfortunately. So... Yeah, just looking at those substitutions, I know McTominay didn't start, which happens now and again. 
Um, there's the rare game that Maguire doesn't get started. But it happens a lot. It happens too much. So, uh, in terms of the other ones, don't really agree with uh, Alanga coming on for Sancho. I think Rashford should have been taken off. Malasia on for sure. Good. And uh, what's the other one? Varane on for Martinez. I agree with Mar- Varane being brought on. But again, it should have absolutely been for... Uh, what you call it? For, for Maguire. So, yeah. There, there's... There's probably, I mean, I know I know about as much as all of you lot do. I don't know how much, obviously, I've got various different listeners for this podcast and everything. We don't all have the same opinion. We don't all have the same insights. We've got different insights and opinions. Uh, some of you might have heard and stuff and read, might have heard and read stuff that I don't know about. I might have heard and read stuff that you don't know about. But, you know, we're not in the dressing room we're not, you know, working for the club. We don't have all the insights. I can't tell you exactly what's going on. I'm just a fan that watches the games and tries to analyse them the best that I can. Apart from games like this where it's not really worth doing a deep, deep dive as much. So, yeah. Um. Anyway, let's take a break for a second, shall we? Alright, uh, speaking of men, men's football, which is what this is. Um, hasn't been as entertaining as the women's football. Obviously, they won something, which is good. But speaking of men... Manscaped is uh, a company that sells men's grooming products. Uh, it's still it's quite hot today. I keep mentioning the heat. Obviously, you don't want too much hair on your face or head when it's hot because it'll make you hotter. But Manscaped can help you get rid of that if you choose to. Of course, some of you might like your beards and your long hair and whatever. But of course, in this heat, you don't want to be having so much of that depending on your choice. But if you are somebody who wants to get some help with that, get some new products for that, Manscaped sell a lot of their products. Some of those include shavers, razors, ears and nose hair trimmers, uh, different clothes, boxes, deodorants, you know, things like that. Things that come under the category of men's grooming products. Things that will help you with that type of stuff. So deodorants, shavers, razors, ears, nose hair trimmers, all that sort of thing. Uh, if you want to have a look for yourself on Manscaped's website, you don't even need to type in anything at all. Uh, the reason for that is there's a link in the show notes. You can scroll down a little bit whether you're on the podcast player version or the website version. The link should still be there. It's Manscaped website, so you click on that. Have a browse of their products for yourself. And if you want more than one item, they've also got sets of things as well. So for different like occasions or whatever, again, you can have a browse of those for yourself. Uh, they sent some of uh, their products to me for free so that I could test them out and tell you about them. Of course, one of the things, notable things about Manscaped's products is they're in very, very good condition. Uh, both the packaging, when you, of course, receive your items from the, through the door, uh, through the post, uh, the packaging itself, really, really good, very nicely put together, nothing's ripped or damaged or whatever the case may be. Uh, very easy to open as well, you don't want those packages that you got to get those as scissors for and all that type of stuff, so Manscaped is very, very good with all that. And the products themselves, they'll last you a long, long time, they're very, very well put together, very professionally made, everything like that. So in terms of quality concerns with, Man- Man- with Manscaped, uh, from the packaging... And the actual items themselves, no worries there at all. Everything's very professional, first-hand, none of this sort of second-hand tacky stuff, which is good because you want that value for your money, which Manscaped will certainly give you. Speaking of money, if you would like a discount off your purchase with Manscaped, that's, of course, where our deal with Manscaped comes in. So once you've gone on their website, have had a look at... um, what they've got, chosen what you want, whether it's for yourself or somebody else, whatever the occasion may be. You can then uh, go through the uh, system, go through the course of the purchasing process, and once you get to that promo code box at your checkout, if you type in the promo code ETALKUK, that's E-T-A-L-K-U-K, or you can copy the 
promo code written in the show notes so just go in there copy and paste into the box if you want to do that etalk uk etalk uk 20 percent off and that very nice free shipping as well so you good don't get that nasty shipping expense surprise uh so free shipping and 20 percent off with manscaped etalk uk etalk uk 20 percent off free shipping with manscaped thanks very much to manscaped for sponsoring entertainment talks podcast and of course thank you very much for listening Hi there, if you're looking to get started with a website of your own and a domain name, we've got good news for you. With our affiliate link with Kualu, you can click on that link which is in your show notes, which is for our affiliate link. You can go over to Kualu to get started with your website and domain name today. They've also got a very handy chat support system, which is usually in the bottom right hand corner, to send messages back and forth to Kualu if you'd like to ask them for help to get started with your domain name and website today. So that's Kualu, and you can use them to get started with your website and domain name today thank you very much to koalu for this affiliate link hi there if you'd like to get rid of the ads in entertainment talks podcasts and listen to the ad-free versions of our episodes we've got good news for you there as well you can subscribe to entertainment talk at either the five dollar level tier or ten dollar level tier the five dollar level tier will get you access to all of entertainment talks previous ad-free podcasts and the future ad-free podcasts that we make in the month that you're subscribed for. If you also subscribe to us at the $10 level tier, that will get you that benefit that I've just mentioned, and it'll also grant you access to request a review for two episodes of a TV show and a general discussion on that show, or a film review of your choice. So if if there's a TV show out there or a film that we've not covered perhaps and you'd like our opinion on it, we can watch two episodes of that TV show or film review. So it's one of either of those per month. Of course, if you continue subscribing each month, you can pick a TV show, then a film the next month and so on and so forth. This is a great way to support Entertainment Talk, get your ad-free podcasts and also get some reviews of your choice. Thank you very much for supporting us and thank you for listening. Back to the show. Uh, one of the sub we had, of course, as well, was Donny van der Beek being brought on for Christian Eriksen. So Fred, um, Fred, and Fred and or McTominay technically survived this game. Um, I noticed, by the way, with this one, you know how I mentioned in the previous game where they were clearly ready to bring on Donny about five minutes before he actually did. He was ready to be brought on in the 80th minute. He was standing on the sidelines. In that kit, I've got to talk about that kit in a second. I almost forgot about it, but I'll <laughs> I'll mention that in a minute. Um, he was ready to be brought on in the 80th minute. He was standing on the sidelines, ready to be brought on. But again, you have to wait for the ball to go out of play. That's just how football works. 87th minute. So that was an intended as an 80th sub, 80th minute sub. But it wasn't made as such. Um... Yeah, not much to say there. I feel sorry for Ericsson. Um He's been put into the seat, uh, broken team and whatever. Um, Donny came on, which is good to see him. Just should have been a bit earlier than what was intended. Um, lime green. What? What? What's? What's that about? What's that about? Like that kit is. I can't believe I have to look at that kit this season. Man United's colours are supposed to be red, black and white. Last season we had a blue kit and the other one was a 
It was like a light bluish sort of white kit, if I remember the other one. I can't remember which one was the the, the second kit and the third kit. But um, it because again, this this is, so this is up to the kit designers. I, I don't know what gets discussed in terms of making the kits. Obviously, the kits don't affect how good we are and they shouldn't be used as excuses i i heard some people today saying like oh you know it's really sunny and the picture's green and we got lime t-shirts on and it'd be harder to see bullshit um that's not an excuse that's not an excuse at all um i actually remember there was a a, a video that went out um you know when we were playing without fans and liverpool had like a really bad spell for a bit of time and I remember there was a Liverpool fan that complained that like, oh, because the stadium's emptier and the stadium's red and we're playing in red, it clashes with that and players can't see each other. It's absolutely load of nonsense. It's absolute load of rubbish. Now, if the grass and like there was no white lines and the whole stadium was green and we're playing in lime green, then maybe you can say something. <laughs> but uh, no, there should be no excuse. No, no excuses for like the sun in your eyes. I mean, these players, how long have these players been playing football for? They should be used to things like sun in their eyes and all this sort of stuff. Like, these things happen. Um, you know, like, they, they play in rain, they play in a bit of snow at times. Um, they play with the sun out. You know, they're, they're, they're professionals. They, they should be used to it. It's not like this is a bunch of, you know, 16-year-olds that have got their first professional game or something. You know, like... That's not, I'll never accept that as an excuse of like, oh, we couldn't see the players, or oh, the sun was too bright, or oh, the sun blended in with the kits, like, no, no, I'm not, I'm not accepting that as an excuse, uh, <laughs> no, I mean, the the kits themselves look terrible, but the kits have no effect whatsoever on how we actually perform, if the kits are like, weighted differently or something and the kits are too heavy or whatever then like obviously that would affect the speed but there's no like it's a bit like you you know when you people moan about like oh you know cosmetics and games and stuff like when you buy skins for a character in a game if that's just as simply like oh my character's got a black jacket on now instead of a blue one if it doesn't boost or lower your stats it has no effect on how good or bad you are at the game right so Assuming assuming there's nothing fundamentally different about the actual kit and they're the same size and weight and whatever, just because they're a different colour has no effect on your performance whatsoever. Um yeah, so that's that's not an excuse. <laughs> but I find it funny that uh, some people see it as that. So yeah. Anyway, that was pretty much the game. Um player ratings, I I'm not doing them. I'm not doing them. Everybody gets a zero today, I think. Uh, barring maybe a Malassia or um, Donny who was on for five minutes, you know. Um, yeah, it was just... I don't know. I, I, I don't know what happens because there's no running away. You don't get to run away. You don't get to say like, oh no, we, we don't fancy playing against Liverpool. We'll do that when we're ready. No, no. Match day comes, you you got to be ready, you're professionals. You get paid tens if not hundreds of thousands a week to perform, to play on the pitch. There's no excuses um, at this point. Yeah, it's there's no hiding away from it. I mean, some people saying today, right, like, oh, if Brentford beat us 4-0, what are Liverpool going to do against us? What I can see happening in the Liverpool and City games is what happened last year, which is where both teams realise, because 
I mean, I don't mean to be, I don't want to be negative in that, but we probably are going to lose those four games. City and Liverpool home and away, the four games, right? We probably are going to lose those games. Um, and if we ha- if we get them in the FA Cup or Carabao Cup, we will probably lose lose get, lose those games. I don't mean to be negative. I'm just being realistic. Like, do I expect us to draw or win against Liverpool? No, and unless in the next week we're able to fully register and sign about five players and maybe make a difference or change something dramatically, unless something changes between because the next game is um. What's it? Next, not this upcoming Monday, obviously. Uh, next Monday is uh, Liverpool, eight o'clock on Monday. I don't know why that game's on a Monday night, but anyway, I don't make the rules. Um, what will probably happen? Because the the, the assumption there might be made by a statement like that is like, oh, if Brentford beat us four nil, Liverpool will beat us by eight nil. What will probably happen is once Liverpool go, and again, this is me being negative. I'm just being realistic. Once Liverpool go. 2-3-0 to three nil up, they'll start putting the brakes on and start relaxing. Because Liverpool will look at that and think, okay, we could beat you probably 5 or 6 nil. We don't really need to. We can beat you 4 nil and then just relax and save some energy. And I don't like talking about Man United like that. Of course I don't. I, I'd love us to beat Liverpool. I'd love us to... Like, I hate Liverpool. I, I really, really do. Um, I was so glad when they didn't win the league this, this year. And I guess, by the way... I, mean, I don't know how everybody else feels. I guess we're relying on City again this year then. To win the league. Because who else is going to do it? Chelsea are looking uh, okay. But can they challenge for a title? Are Tottenham ready for that conversation? Arsenal probably aren't. So it's going to be between Liverpool and City. So to, in my eyes, in my opinion. I mean I do not want Manchester City to win the league. I want Manchester United to win the league. But if you're looking realistically, we're probably... Unless you're fine with Liverpool winning the league, which, as a United fan, I don't know how you could be. Because um, they, they... Obviously, they played earlier today, Man City, and they were winning, like, I think they won 4-0 or something. I was looking at that and going, it's probably up to you lot again. Um, that was before we'd kicked off, but still, I guess that's what we're doing again this year, is wanting the blue side... Again, not wanting, that's the wrong choice of words. Hoping they don't... Hoping they do so Liverpool don't. Because somebody come, you know, May, somebody's winning the league. You can't run away from it. You can't just, like, the football world can't just go on pause because Man United are not ready. You know, they can't just say, hang on, give us a couple of months to, like, you know, chase Frankie de Jong a bit more. Why are we still going after Frankie de Jong? I don't know. He clearly doesn't want to come to us. Um, He might as well go to Chelsea by the looks of things. Like, we've been chasing Frankie the young for months. We can't just say, like, hey, wait a minute, Liverpool. Like, we're chasing this player. We need to buy a few more players. Just just wait for us. It's like, no, it's match day. You've got to, you've got to come up. You've got to show up. Um, there's no hiding. You, you can't pause the league for two, three months. Um, we've already had since the end of May to get business done, and we haven't got it done. So, the, the, the league is waiting for nobody. Um, can't wait around for these things to happen anymore. You know, we we got we got to sort sort this shit out. Um, unfortunately, it's not up to me. It's not up to you. It's up to the players, manager, the board, the coaches. You know, it's a combined thing. Um, to sort this out in some way, shape, or form. I don't know exactly what would need to happen apart from the club to be sold. But even if um, you know, even if many, even if the Glazers woke up tomorrow morning on Sunday morning and sell. And said, you know, 
4 billion may not have for sale. We're still going to be in the same position for at least a period of time. Um, cuz even if even if a bid gets even if a bid tomorrow morning got accepted and said like, "Hey, somebody some billionaire has bought May United for 4 billion." It's not going to change straight away. Um, those things are going to take time, and again, time, this league isn't waiting around, this, the season's here, season started, with two games in, there's no, there's nowhere to hide, these players have got to stop hiding, these players have got to stop being so nervous, as well, I really wonder what that dressing room's like, because you've still got things as well, like Bruno's doing the hero ball, Bruno's still kicking the ball too hard, um, still taking too long to pass the ball, not passing and moving enough. There's not enough support off the ball for players that have got the ball. There's not enough of it. Um, it it really amazes me. I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll tell you something, right? It really amazes me when I watch us try to play out from the back. And what I mean by that is obviously goal kick or whatever. De Gea has the ball. He passes it to Maguire or Martinez. Take five, six, seven touches. Take about a, a solid minute or something. To decide where to pass and then pass, and how slow that entire act is. I I don't see other. T- I don't watch like tons and tons of other football, but I watch some of it. I don't really see any other team do it. I mean, I caught a glimpse last week. I think it was of Everton versus Chelsea, only only for about a couple of minutes, and there were some. Slightly sort of like pause for a split second and then kick the ball. There was no sort of like, oh, I don't know what to do with the ball, I'll give it to you. I don't know what to do, I'll give it to you. Let's just pass it around for a couple of minutes and like take six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten, obviously exaggeration touches. I, I don't see other teams doing it. Um, we did it under Ollie, we did it under Ralph, and we're still doing it under Ten Hag. And it's it's simply a case. Where you either coach that out of a player, or you pick a different one. You you coach it out of a player, or out of a team, or you pick somebody else to do it. Um, the same applies in other job areas. You know, if you if you hire a cleaner to clean something, they don't clean it properly, and you say, "Oh, you didn't quite do it properly. I want you to clean it this way with this chemical or this cloth." Right? They come back, they do it again, they do it again wrong. And they don't follow your instructions. They don't do things right. And let's say two, three chances go by. The cleaner's still not using the right product. They're still using the wrong cloth. Because you can use the wrong cloth, by the way, to clean certain surfaces. I've learned that from my cleaning job. Um, what you got to do then is say, like, no, you're not, you're not cleaning the window properly. You're using the wrong stuff. Or you're putting a mop up against the wall or whatever. Uh, you're not using the right cloth. By the way, use a blue use a blue cloth to clean clean windows. So let's say using a yellow cloth on the walls. They come back. The cleaner's still using the yellow cloth on the wall. You go, no, you got to use a blue one. You got to use the window cleaner material. None of this lemon fresh stuff. Uh, you got to use window cleaner on the wall. By it. Well, by the way, I'm actually speaking about real stuff because I do clean at a school and I do know certain things now. Um, you got to use a window cleaner material uh, material uh, liquid. And you've got to use a blue cloth. And if they don't learn. If they don't use the right cloth. You've got to get rid of the cleaner. And get a new one in. Same thing with. Again I'll point at Maguire. If you can't pass the ball quick enough out from the back. And you don't learn. And you're taking too many touches on the ball. And you don't pass it quick enough. 
and, and and you get told time and time and time and again that you got to pass the ball quicker or you got to pass it to somebody or you got to do whatever and if you keep just taking three four five touches taking about 10 seconds to pass the ball you got to get rid of him and get somebody else in that 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 logic literally applies to every single job in the world if you're doing a job wrong and somebody's telling you no bit of advice you got to do it this way um if you get told, if you get trained, because obviously training applies to more than just footballers, you can apply training to any job. If you try to train somebody to do something in a job situation and they're not doing it, you got to get rid of that person and you got to get somebody else in. Um, it's that it's that phrase. Uh, we, we joke about this at the school when because there's some cleaners that aren't quite as good as whatever, but I won't get too much into that. Um, there's the classic phrase, and again, this applies to every single work situation. It's, it's a bit more of a jokingly sort of thing. You just can't get the staff. And that just sums, to, to, to finish things off there, because I've been going almost an hour. Not that I'm bothered about that. You just can't get the staff. And your Maguires, your McTominays, your Fred, your Lindelofs, your Shaws, um, they're not your staff. You just can't get the staff. Get rid of those players or drop them. Because selling a player is a different ball game. obviously. Selling, you've got to figure out who wants to buy them. Wages, transfer fee. All that type of stuff. But you've got to drop these players. Again, is Eric Ten Hag allowed to drop these players? Because I don't think Ralph was allowed to drop some of them. And that goes back to the board. And it's a vicious cycle. Got to find a way to get out of the cycle. Um... It's like the owners, the same same thing I just said can be applied to the owners. The owners, for the longest time, have not been doing the right things, they've not been managing the club well, so you got to get somebody else. And that's this episode of the United Cast. Thanks for listening. <laughs> um, oh God, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired because I've been painting, and I'm tired of watching this team. Don't Don't get me wrong. I'll be back next week Monday and the game after that and the game after that and the game after that. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to keep coming back. Uh, I'm going to keep watching this team because you've got to see. At this point, it's like, okay, you're losing games. Your goal difference minus. How are you going to respond? What are you going to do about it? And that's what we'll have to wait and see what happens with that. What are the owners going to do? What is Eric Ten Hag going to do? What are these players going to do? And what the coach is going to do. Because something's got to happen. What is it going to be? And I'll be here with you to discuss all of that. So I'm not going anywhere. Just because we're all a bit fed up. Um, I'm not going anywhere. I'll be back next week Monday. Talk about Liverpool. Probably won't be very nice. Probably won't be very nice. But it's not in my control. Um, I'll be back next week. And we'll keep this going. Anyway, uh, I've said a lot of things. If you've got any things that you want to say about anything I just said, I've just said a lot of things for 57 minutes. Um, Let me know what you think of what I thought or if you've got anything I've not thought of or any of your own thoughts, opinions, comments, questions, whatever you've got to talk about. Matthew at entertainmenttalk.org. Twitter eTalkUK is the contact page and information in the show notes. There's also an email box on the website version of the episode and a clickable email name in your show notes. I just can't, I just, because uh, I've got my, how I do this, right, I've got my phone next to me, I've got a football app open, and I read stuff off of that. I'm looking to my left, just to give you a bit of perspective on me right now. I'm looking to my left, and I'm looking at my phone, got a bit of low battery, I need to charge it. 
And I'm just looking and it says Brentford 4, Man United 0. And you look at that, like you'd show somebody that and you'd be like, nah, you've put that into Photoshop or something. I remember actually, very, very quick, somewhat related story. Back in high school, and I'll, I'll be quick with this. Again, not that I, I'm not con- time constraining myself, I'm just, you know, thinking of how long, how long things need to last. I remember at high school, I cannot remember what game it is or what was happening, but Sir Alex Ferguson was in charge. And we lost... I think it was 4 or 5 nil to West Ham or something. I can't remember what season it was, who was playing, why we lost. I can't remember any of that. It was a long time ago. And I was at a friend of mine's house. And this guy was a Liverpool fan. How I ended up being fans with friends with Liverpool fan, I don't know. But of course, you've got to look outside of football. You know, when you look at your friends. And... um, I wasn't like regularly watching all the games or whatever. I wasn't like, you know, doing what I'm doing now, obviously. And we're what we I think we were playing FIFA or something like that, whatever we were doing. And he uh kept checking on the BBC sports site about like the main I had score and it was like one nil, two nil, three nil, four nil, and obviously he was bantering me as a Liverpool fan, of course he is. And he made two photoshops at the time, this friend of mine, and he came up with ten nil. <laughs> and I thought, okay, it's a bit of a ridiculous scoreline, but at the time I was like, Wow, what's you know what's going on and then an obvious point came up and he put up 15 nil obviously that's like you know whatever and i looked at that and i was like you know completely puzzled and about two seconds afterwards he's like oh no this is on photoshop and he showed me and it was still like four nil so i'm just kind of thinking about that now i know that that the four nil isn't as bad as what my friend showed me in that occasion which was 10 and 15 nil obviously that's ridiculous um, but yeah, uh, you, you look at that, like, someone used to show you that, like, you know, Brentford 4, May United 0, part of you might think, like, have you dubbed that, have you sort of, like, faked it, or, like, photoshopped it, but no, it's real, and I just watched it, we all just watched it happen, so, alright, uh, I'm gonna wrap this episode up, I'm tired, I need to, uh, I wanna get this, uh, sorted, and, uh, see what's happening online with May United Opinions, I'm, I'm, I'm sure everybody's, I'm sure nothing's blowing up online, or anything, so, so yeah, anyway, um, yeah, po- other podcasts, Entertainment Talk, the all podcast platforms, Entertainment Talk, TV, Games, Films, May United Podcasts, by the way, um, because I am in the final stages of sorting out my room, which I've mentioned on a few podcasts, there will not be a gaming talk podcast tomorrow. We'll be saving what we've got for next week. Sometimes that just happens. But just to let some of you know, there will not be a gaming talk podcast tomorrow. We've got stuff planned, but we're just simply going to save it for next week. Uh, just because i got to put my room back together, basically. And it's going to take a bit more time still. So anyway, um, no gaming talk tomorrow. But yeah, entertainment talk, entertainmenttalk.org, podcast platform, entertainment talk. TV, games, films, May Night podcast. Take a look at that. If you love what you've heard... In a different way, in terms of me enjoying listening to me for whatever reason, obviously in different situations, uh, you can listen to more of our episodes on places I've just mentioned. You can also tell other people about our episodes. Heck, if there's a Man City fan or a Liverpool fan or an Arsenal fan and they're laughing at United fans and you want to go, hey, look at this guy getting so, you know, you know, annoyed or whatever, sure, share this episode with a rival fan. It's more numbers, <laughs> you know. Whatever. Uh, if you want to do that, you're more than welcome to, of course. Um, yeah, social media or whatever. Tell people that you know about what we're doing. 
and where they can find it. Patreon, $5, $10 level tiers for the ad-free podcast review options. Take a look at that as well if you'd like to. Um, I, I've got to lock my phone because I can't keep looking at the 4 nil. It's just like in the corner of my eyes. Uh, Patreon, $5, $10 level tier, ad-free podcast review options. Take a look at that uh, if you'd like to as well. Um, other stuff, Geektown, of course, geektown.co.uk. Go and check out this week's episode, um, which had me on it, talking about good stuff, stuff that I do enjoy, like uh, Love, Victor, and Atlanta. Really good TV, obviously, that's really TV and your film news. Geektown Radio, geektown.co.uk. Renewals, cancellations, pickups, edits, casting news, trailers, what type of stuff. Check all that out. Geektown.co.uk, Geektown Radio. Uh, Geektown Radio episodes are out on Tuesdays. Look out for those. Bex, who's doing some good stuff at the moment, uh, classic games, retro games, uh, Tomb Raider, chat streams, Trista, B-Y-T-E-S, go and check her out over on Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter, yeah, those are the right places, go and check her out over there, uh, see what she's doing, if you want to follow me as well on Twitch, which I'm not doing at the moment, because my PS5 is unplugged and downstairs, but I will be back to that soon, um, so Twitch, eTalkUK, uh, go and give me a follow over there if you want to. And if you miss any of the streams, game clips, or uh, FIFA Chromed episodes, uh, check those out. Archive, YouTube, Entertainment Talk Plays. Cheers for listening, and I'll see you next time. Goodbye. Glazers out.